Hello and welcome to the second episode of Geeking Out Over Star Wars. My name is Zachary. I am so excited to be here as always. And as always, I'm joined by Shamari. Shamari, how are you, man? Hey, man. Glad to be here doing the show with you uh, as always. Um, or as, you know, we did last time. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't use the as always yet. It's, it's only only the second episode. <laughs> <laughs> not quite yet hopefully soon enough uh we'll we'll get there but uh but yeah i'm doing good glad to be here glad to be talking star wars um and yeah looking forward to the show so am i we uh, this is a fun show and i'm glad we're getting to do this uh before that any progress on light of the jedi yes yes i'm making progress i'm getting closer to about half the halfway mark um and uh i like it i like it yes I'm liking uh, where they're going, and I knew I would because I, as we're, we're gonna get into it, you know a little later on, I like all Charles Soule's Star Wars content. Oh yeah, um, but but yeah, this is I like this. I like what they're going with here. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's new. It's new, but it's familiar, and it feels like Star Wars. And I'm sure I'm sure we'll have a good discussion about it. But I'm liking what I'm hearing so far. That. I'm so glad to hear that. I can't wait to get your full thoughts when we're done, and then to be able to break it all down because there's just so much in there. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting. All right. Um. So those who are listening, if this is your first time, or if you're back after the first episode, this is geeking out over Star Wars, a place where Shamari and I will, like the title says, geek out over Star Wars, talk all things Star Wars, big news. Any of the books, the comics, anything, the movies, the TV shows, we're here to talk about it all. Um, this week, we had some big news, kind of related to last week, and so we won't spend too much time on it. But it was rumored slash reported that a new Knights of the Old Republic game is in development. Now, we don't know by who, except that it's n apparently not by Bioware and EA, who are the creators of the two Knights of the Old Republic games and the Old Republic online MMO. Um, we talked about this last week, Shamari. Now that you hear this is actually possibly in development, what are your thoughts? Um, it's very, very exciting. Um, it's exciting for a lot of reasons. Um, first of all, it's exciting that we're getting that game back or any anything that resembles that game back. Um, but it's also exciting that we're getting official ventures into the old republic and like actual did they did they mention in the room i haven't read much on the rumor did they mention if this was like supposed to be canon i in, they did not i have not seen that i would assume because you would think that anything right. lucasfilm is putting out now they want yeah. to be canon but i haven't read right. anything that says it is okay yeah i mean i would think i would think so right because i mean they're making every all, every, all the major projects they're doing now are supposed to be canon so that's also extremely exciting. So, so yeah, this is 100% good news all around. Uh, when it comes to EA and Bioware not being involved, at first I was like, oh. But then I was also kind of like, I mean, EA now is kind of uh, t kind of toxic sometimes with regards to the monetization and, and all that. Uh, and Bioware, I, I, I could have I swore I heard that they their, their team is not the same. Like, they, they switched out a lot of writers and people that that worked there before that are just not there now. Uh, so there was, so I don't even know if, if even if Bioware were doing it, it'd probably be by different people. Um, uh, though, you know, 
feel free anyone listening feel free to correct me if i'm wrong but i could have swore i heard that uh that they had kind of changed uh people at bioware so um so honestly i'm just looking forward to getting more star wars content um old republic content especially Uh, so this is wonderful news in terms of the getting new content i'm always on the same page obviously so that's exciting uh bioware when i heard that bioware is not involved i was both one how do they feel about this because right kotor was such a massive success for them when it started and you would think that maybe they'd want to be involved too in the kind of like the main canon version but at the same time i do recognize one wanting to step away from ea after all of that controversy Mm -hmm. and then two bioware really hasn't seemed to be the same studio that it was I am a massive fan of the Mass Effect franchise. It's one of my favorite in all of gaming. Um, And one of my favorite fictional universes. After Star Wars, obviously. Um, And with Andromeda, um, four years ago, it was was okay, but it definitely wasn't the same thing. I played Anthem. That also didn't feel very much like Bioware. And as you said, there, there seems to have been a lot of change behind the scenes in terms of the studio and the staff working there. Um, so I'm okay with them starting fresh with a different studio, with a new team, um, and a new vision. And I'm excited also. I think it's nice that we're finally getting the Old Republic. We talked about it last week. Um, it's obviously something we want to see, and everyone wants to see. Now, do you think, and they didn't mention this, but do you think that Ubisoft is the one behind this? Do you think there's any connection between this and that um, game that's in development over there? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, see, when they mentioned that, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> and honestly, the reason I say that is because they, in the Ubisoft game is supposed to be an open world. They said it's an open world, uh, like adventure game. Uh, if if they're making that now, and it's a Knights of the Old Republic game, uh, that's pretty much all I want from from life <laughs> so uh so yeah hopefully it is them i if i had to get I'd, I'd say probably not just i don't know my gut something is just telling me that that's not what they're working on um but uh hopefully it is because i think they could knock it out of the park i enjoy ubisoft games so i would love that uh, yeah i'm with you i'm with you it feels weird that that there wasn't any mention in the rumors or reports that ubisoft is connected especially with the recent announcement that they're working on the game right. So it does lead me to believe also that maybe they aren't the ones that are working on it. And with the end of this exclusivity with EA, it allows them the option to go to other studios. And there are so many good studios out there. Um, oh, yeah. That Absolutely. would be perfect for this. So um, if it's not Ubisoft, that's okay. If it is, that's also awesome because who wouldn't want a open world adventure um, from them? So that's great. So we seem to be on the same page, obviously. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, we get some more information on that soon. Yeah, absolutely. So for today's episode, um, what I wanted to do was I really wanted to do a top 10. Uh, we're starting off very early in this show, in the second episode, with a top 10 already. But I think it's appropriate as we move into this new publishing initiative um, from Lucasfilm with the High Republic. I think it's kind of appropriate. We've now had six or more years of canon content that Disney slash Lucasfilm has put out under their official banner. And so I think it would be an 
this is an awesome time for us to kind of go through what our top 10 stories are, canon stories, um, as we enter this new year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, think that is, uh, uh, I mean, I just think that's a good place to start. I mean, we're getting, as you said, we're getting a lot of new content. It's a new year. Uh, so why not go through some of the books and, and uh, the uh, extra Star Wars stories that we've gotten so far? And, um, you know, kind of lead us into the new year and all the new content that we're going to get. We said this earlier when we were, we, we were mentioning it in the lead up to this show that it was actually really hard for us to come up with this top 10. Yeah. Like there there's you think about it and you might think, oh, they, it's only been mm-hmm. a few years. Maybe they're not putting out that much. No, they have put out actually a lot. And yeah. a lot of it's been good. Like it's a very substantial list that we both have. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's it was hard to w- really really whittle this down, um, and we both have um, our fair share of honorable mentions. So um, before we get into that, I figured we both uh, start with our honorable mentions. Uh, why don't you go? All right. Uh, so um, uh, so I'm just gonna be honest, just because you know you know my list, I know your list. Uh, some of my honorable mentions are in your list, so I won't go too in depth and I won't spoil anything for <laughs> people who are excited to uh, know what you picked and what I picked. Um, but uh, some of my honorable mentions are um, uh, Alphabet Squadron uh, by Alexander Freed. Uh, I'm not going to go too in depth with it, but I very much enjoyed that novel as well as the sequel, um, which is not an honorable mention, but but I enjoyed that one as well. Uh, but the first one is, is, is just a very good book, and I highly recommend uh, those of you check check that uh, book out. Uh, there's also um, honestly, I kind of I add these as a, as a pair: the aftermath, the second and third aftermath novel, uh, Life, Dead, and Empire's End. Those were very good. Um, uh, Phasma was very good. Uh, that's another honorable mention, and I'll throw in. Um, uh, I will throw in a comic as well, the Poe Dameron comic, because uh, that was also very good. That one I, I forgot about uh, <laughs> while I was making my list, and I was like, eh, I'll throw it in as honorable. Can't mention. forget so, about Charles Soule. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so I was surprised I forgot about it, but uh, yeah, kind of. It's kind of sort of makes it as an honorable mention. So, uh, so those are my my honorable mentions that did not crack my top ten. I, I'm with you. I have the same thing. A few of my honorable mentions are on your list, so I will not go into them. Um, but here they are. Catalyst. Uh, um, James Lucino. I'm wild blank. That's James Lucino, correct? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Catalyst, James Lucino. Um, I very much enjoyed that. Uh, Lords of the Sith by Paul S. Kemp. I very much enjoyed that. Um, and then the last, the last honorable mention I have, and I struggle to even consider it, like it's obviously canon, but I struggle to consider its own standalone canon story is the Last Jedi adaptation, um, because okay. it is a book that was released and it does include a lot of new material. Um, I think I, we are, I well, I don't know if we're in agreement on this part that the Last Jedi is the best of the new trilogy. Um, I know. Oh that yeah, I, yeah. There, yeah, awesome. So, um, we're both in agreement on that. I know a lot of people are not. Um, I already yeah. had a, I had a conversation <laughs> with somebody earlier already that went, uh, that that was saying how much they didn't like the Last Jedi. So that that conversation and debate is still going on years later. Um, but 
what this adaptation did for me took what was already a great movie and made it better. And it does what a uh, what the novelization of a movie do- should do, which is give you the same feeling for, that you got from that movie while also adding in so many so much more information and more elements to kind of really fu- fill it out. Um, I think it gives right. great characterization into Luke some more. Um, I think that just some of the deleted scenes um, that were with the that you could watch with the home release were in it. So it's just one of those things that's really, really full and so satisfying to read. But I uh, but I couldn't really feel like I could put it into top ten because it didn't feel like its own story because it's just it, it's a novelization. So it didn't feel right to include mm-hmm. it with um, my top ten. Have you read the Last Jedi adaptation? Uh, I have. Um, uh, I don't, I, honestly, I read, uh, I read, um, cause I'm trying to think of which ones I didn't read. I read most of the adaptations that came out, that came out for the newer movies. Um, and I remember liking most of them. I remember liking that one. Um, I think I like the force awakens one also. Um, and I, I, the only one I didn't read, I think, is The Rise of Skywalker. I didn't read that one. And I'm not going to go into The Rise of Skywalker, but I... <laughs> I did but. read it. It's, it's okay. Yeah, you're... Uh, once again, you're you're okay. You're not missing much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do remember I do remember liking The, the Last Jedi uh, novelization, um, which added to the hype, obviously, for The Rise of Skywalker. So, yeah. Oh, 100%. It, that definitely, regardless of how I felt about it coming out of the movie, I was definitely very excited going into it, and the book definitely helped with that also. Yeah. All right, so now the start to our official top tens. Um, I'm going to kick it off because I think I, I want to start with a mm-hmm. book that I don't think makes a lot of people's list at all, um, but one that I was surprised by how much I liked, and that is Resistance Reborn um, by Rebecca Roanhorse. Uh, it's a, it's not long. It comes in at under 300 pages or maybe around 280 mm-hmm. or something. Um, this is, this takes place after number eight. So after the last Jedi, uh, yep. Leia tried sending out a distress beacon for her allies that didn't answer at the very end of the movie. And so now she has sent out, um, both we see a little bit of black squadron and other members of the resistance in recruiting allies and kind of getting to the point where we see the bigger, resistance and base that they have in the rise of skywalker what made this book so uh so affecting to me was the fact that it did what i've always wanted canon material to do and that is to take the other canon material books and novels that haven't really been mentioned in the stories at all because canon is very retroactive it's after the movies then they fill in the spots with novels and comics mm-hmm. but it took those elements that were already established between Black Squad, well, Black Squadron was introduced in The Force Awakens, but those elements, um, and it took in things like Snap Wexley and all those stories that we had learned about through the Aftermath novels, um, the Black Squadron story that we learned about the Poe Dameron comic, and interwove that with the characters from the sequel trilogy, Ray and Finn and Poe. And I think it's just really small, tight adventure that combines all of the movie and canon elements that just made me very excited for The Rise of Skywalker. Again, not it doesn't say anything about how the movie turned out, but I was excited for it because it felt like they were really fulfilling on that idea of that this is this is was the perfect example of it all counts, it all matters, this is one huge story. 
Um, and that's what that that's what this book sold to me. And so that's why I have Resistance Reborn at my number ten. Mm. Uh, yeah, I I enjoyed Resistance Reborn a lot as well. I remember um, going through that one and and being uh, excited for the Rise of Skywalker. It definitely rose. It definitely kind of made you more more hyped up for the movie. Um, I like that it was it was also its own adventure. You know, it didn't seem like like just some little kind of like thing that you just forget about. It it seemed like it actually did a good job of kind of bringing you in because it had all the I believe it did it have all the main characters was was Finn in it as well I yeah Finn he, was in it yeah, yeah no I think was, he played a smaller part but he was in it right yeah so it had all the main characters in it so it wasn't just some other kind of si- side novel like it was it had um actual like you know relevant stories with all the main characters included so I thought it was awesome and so I did think that was a really good one it didn't there's so many good books honestly it's hard it's hard to it was hard to even make a top ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be really hard. Uh, which also, like, honestly, testament to Lucasfilm. That's one thing I did want to mention quickly as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I give Lucasfilm a lot of a lot of crap for stuff. <laughs> um, rightfully, but, rightfully so in some places. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but their publishing is fantastic. They create really amazing stories, written stories. Uh, so. Yeah, they, they, I think they deserve some credit for that. But I did very much enjoy Resistance Reborn. It was a very good book. Glad to know I'm not completely alone in the in, in really th- <laughs> in thinking that was that was a really good read. Um, all right, why don't you give us your your ten and your nine? Sure. Uh, so my ten is Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. Whoop whoop. Um, yeah, Lost Stars is number ten. Um, uh, which. Honestly, when I started making the, my top 10, I thought it would be higher. Uh, but it ended up slipping down to number 10 <laughs> to the point where it barely even cracked the top 10. So I was like, wow. To be but, fair, uh, your list is full of really quality selections. So I'm not as personally offended at the fact that it slipped down all the way to 10. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it's all, that's like I said, it's hard to make a top 10. It's hard to even pick 10 because they're all so, they're all well done. All these top 10, they, the 10 that I picked beat out a lot of other really good stuff. So, um, but yeah, lost stars is coming in at coming in at number 10 by Claudia Gray. If you haven't read any, if anyone out there hasn't read any of Claudia Gray stuff, read her stuff, especially her star Wars stuff, but I'm sure her other stuff is good too, because she does a fantastic job in this book with going through the, this it's a, it's a love story, which don't get, you know, turned off by that because of the love story, but it's, it's really kind of a story about people, uh, living, in the time of the uh, the age, the time of rebellion with the rebels and the empire, and you follow people to uh, people growing up. One person grows up uh, in going through the imperial ranks, and another goes through the rebellion. Um, and they have a relationship, but they're on opposite sides of the war. And you see how that progresses throughout the uh, throughout the the original trilogy, and and it is. It's a really touching story, and it's also, uh, like, it's a big story, but it's also a very intimate story. So she 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 pairs that, she um, she kind of makes that go, she makes that work really well. So that comes in at number 10. I definitely echo your sentiments there, but I don't want to, I won't say too much because that's on my list. So I, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that later. All right. Um, and number nine uh, is uh, Tarkin by uh, James Lucino. Uh, who um, 
he's a fantastic writer as well. Uh, this novel um, uh, earned a spot on my top ten. Um, it made me really like get become invested in Tarkin and his character and what he went through, uh, what he what he. It it I, I feel like this book is a good like, you know, like as someone that enjoys writing is a good kind of a. It's like a good um, like an example of just characterization in building and creating a yeah. character. And he does a fantastic job of creating the Tarkin character and, and creating the Tarkin that you would have expected based on what you've seen in the movies and in or and in in, um, you know, the shows and whatnot that he's been in as well. So and it, and you get you get everything in it. You get Tarkin. Uh, growing up, you get Tarkin going through the military. You get him interacting with Vader, interacting with the Emperor. You get him uh, with his family, and you know, and him and his crew, and him uh, going through military battles. And it's just, it's, it's fantastic. It's really good. Um, if you're a fan of of Tarkin at all, if you care at all about the Empire, especially if you're a fan of the Empire, I think this is also another very good book. Um, but yeah, it's really good. It's, it's just. It surprised me how good it was. Well, it surprised me and it didn't surprise me because James Lucino is, is great at writing Star Wars. So, but, but that one's my number nine. Tarkin is actually the, I believe, the first book I started. Um, I think it was the first canon novel I started after Disney bought Lucasfilm. Now, in full honesty, and this actually happens with a lot of the, the books in on your list, um, I started and I never finished it. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I started it and never finished it. I don't know if it wasn't the right story to start me off on. I, I was already a fan of Star Wars, obviously, but I don't know if it was the first... I don't know if it was the right story to start me off on the novel journey. Um, but I will say this, from what I had read, his characterization of Tarkin was spot on. Um, spot on. And James Lucino obviously has a, um, a very high place among fans with... Mm-hmm. his his books he did darth plagueis correct yeah. yep he um he did tarkin he did catalyst which i loved yep. um i also think that's like really it's required reading for rogue one but that's a whole different point we can get into some other day um but no i never made it through but i i've only heard good things and the the style of writing was fantastic um so that's something i have to get back into um i definitely have to get back oh, yeah. into that yeah uh, um, okay, so, um, I'll go through my number nine and my number eight. Uh, at number nine, we mentioned it, and it really much is related to my number ten, but at number nine, the comic series Poe Dameron, um, by Charles Soule. Not, not my only thing by Charles Soule on this list, um, and if I could put Light of the Jedi on this list, I would, but I'm gonna save the High Republic for later. Um, but the comic series Poe Dameron came out of nowhere for me it came out of nowhere for me i did not expect to like it anywhere near as much as i did and yet by the time it's a five a five volume run i think around 26 27 Mm -hmm. issues yeah and by the end of it i was completely in love with black squadron one of my favorite teams in in all of star wars writing um and i'm a big like fan of of team up books and you'll see that in one of my other selections, but this, this besides giving Poe Dameron a lot of character, which I loved, it just brought 
to life so many other characters like Snap Wexley, Tim and Snap Wexley from the Aftermath books, um, and that we saw in The Force Awakens, Jessica Pava, Serlindo Javos. There's just so many characters, and they're so well-developed. Um, the premise of the whole book is they are searching for um, Lore Santaca, Santeca, um, and that they are uh, the, the, the one who is who gave the piece to Poe at the beginning of The Force Awakens. So the premise for the book is that this is the lead-up to that, how they find Lor Santeca and how they um, are able to, you know, recruit his services to be able to find Luke Skywalker. And then it continues past that a little bit into the movies, shows where they were during The Last Jedi, and then right after The Last Jedi. And I just think it does, it's a great, character book there's so many great characters to fall in love with charles soul obviously has a great handle on star wars and it is a comic series that again i didn't think would be so great and i wouldn't love so much but here i am and it's at my number nine have you you know you you've read it correct oh yeah uh, yeah i love it it was in my uh, honorable mentions yeah. that's right i wow i have short-term memory boss no no yeah, that's cool but yeah that's yeah paul dameron is fantastic um, it, it really is, uh, like it, I think that's one of the best, uh, of one of the best content that we got for the sequel trilogy, uh, is the Poe Dameron comic. Um, I mean, like you said, the, the interaction between Black Squadron, um, I also think the, 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 um, the villain, his name is Terex, Agent, Agent Terex. Yes, yes. Uh, he is, he's fantastic. He is. I want to see more of him. I want to see him in other things, but he was really good as well. Uh, so yeah, it was it was it was just great, honestly, the whole thing. Okay, so my number eight, um, and this is on both of our lists, uh, which is awesome, and that is Kanan, the Last Padawan, the comic series by Greg Weisman. Yep. Um, after Rebels, Kanan as a character shot up to the top of my favorite Jedi. So I, anytime somebody would ask me who my favorite Jedi was, it was between you know Obi Wan, Ahsoka, and Kanan. Like the, he just, I think he was so well developed in Rebels, and we got a, we got a prequel novel to Rebels, A New Dawn, and that starred him and Hera, and that right. was that was okay. I think we both agree that wasn't the greatest of. No, yeah. Star Wars novels, no. Um, but this, that chronicles the, well, his escape during Order 66 um, after his master, um, Depa Balaba, dies. Um, and it's just, again, Greg Weissman was one of the writers for Rebels, am I correct? At least for the first couple seasons? Yeah, I believe so. I'll yeah. And he really just understands the character. And it just brought so much depth, which, again, a lot of canon material is supposed to do. So you might you might hear me say that a lot, but it took what was already one of my favorite characters and just made him even better. Um, all the struggles he goes through, his back and forth. And it's something that at this point now, when this comic came out, this was a few years ago. At this point, we've seen it now in a couple places, uh, you know, um, Padawans and Jedi is kind of escaping the order and going through some of the same things. But I think for a character that was so beloved, that I loved so much, to see his backstory. And in comics, it's also a matter of not just the story, but also the visual medium, the art. And it is a fantastic-looking book. 
by one of yeah. my favorite artists in comics. I'm a big com- I'm a big Marvel comics fan, and, and that's Pepe Larraz is the artist on Kane and the Last Padawan, and I own this thing in hardcover because it is just a beauty. So oh. um, that is my number eight, Kane and the Last Padawan. Yeah, Kanan, Kanan, uh, like you said, Kanan, I think, is one of the best um, Star Wars characters, in my opinion. I think this comic does a lot for that. I mean, it contributes a lot to that, um, you know, seeing what happened to him um, and, uh, you know, from the beginning to see, seeing how he went, to, how he had to escape and, and how he was, like, hunted and, and um, you know until we eventually see how he ended up and how he was in, in a new dawn and in rebels. Um, yeah. I mean, Kanan, uh, Kanan's a great character. And, and like you said, this comic was just, um, you know, it just added, it just added a lot of, uh, it, it kind of made you feel for, more for him. Cause when you, when you read a new dawn, I'm not going to go, go into a new dawn too much. Cause I don't want to <laughs> go too much into that, but it, it's kind of just like, you know, Kanan's there and and Hera's there and they're on this planet and like there's this horrible stuff, a horrible guy abusing people on the planet and you know, they kinda have to escape. And that's kind of I'm simplifying the plot a lot, but you know, that's ultimately ultimately I think that's that's really what it's about. And um and you get a lot of Imperials and whatnot in, involved in it as well. But like Sloan. Uh Ray Sloan, oh, yeah, a very big recurring character. So that is one yeah, thing I will Ray say Sloan. about A New Dawn. Yeah. I did enjoy um, yeah. Ray Sloan. I did enjoy her a lot. She was, for me, she was the best part about that novel. And um, I felt a little bad that I didn't have anything in my list that had included her in it. Um, but she's a fantastic character. If I had a top 10 new characters list, she would absolutely be on that list. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I very much enjoyed Kanan, so I agree with everything you said. Alright, your number eight. Alright, so my number eight is uh, let's see. So I got Battlefront Twilight Company, uh, by Alexander Freed. Uh so this novel uh, uh you know, of course beat out a lot of very good novels. Um I really enjoyed this novel. And I feel like this novel is for those people out there that want to see the rebellion fighting the empire and just in the most raw kind of just warfare like guerrilla warfare you know if you if you like military stuff at all if you like war stories if you like war movies and you like star wars then this is the book you want to read i feel like that's kind of the best the best kind of thing to sum it up. So you're following a group of, of, of rebel, like a rebel squad, basically. Twilight Company. Uh, it's kind of your, I wouldn't necessarily call them misfits, but they, you know, they're a ragtag group. They're rebels. And, you know, uh, and, like, they each have their own kind of kind of thing, but um, their own, like, specialty. Uh, but they're going on all these missions. And very, very dangerous missions. And, you know, very, very important and dangerous missions. And like, and you follow them throughout the rebellion as well. Like I, I know at one point in well, I won't go t- in too much detail. But at one, at one point, they go through the the whole Hoth situation, um, and and uh, Vader shows up, and it's 
it's I think it's one of the best and most chilling descriptions of Vader appearing, just like just appearing and being Darth Vader that I've ever read. So it's it's really it's really good. The Alpha and Twilight Company is fantastic, in my opinion. Um, and uh, yeah, if you want, if you like Rebellion versus Empire kind of war, and if you're into that stuff, this is the book for you. As with a lot of the, with not a lot, but uh, with a few of the books on your list, this is another one I haven't read, and this is one of the first ones I feel like you recommended to me. Um, okay, yeah, I probably did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're not the only one. It's I, I guess I wasn't. I, I always want to go back to. I have the audiobook. It's sitting in my Audible library, just begging to be listened to, and it feels like the perfect also audiobook type, um, type story. Oh, absolutely. Um, I have to. I have. I have to get to that one. Um, why don't you go to number seven also? Sure. Yeah. So number seven is Dark Disciple, uh, which I, I just I knew that had to be on my list. Um, this is another one that came out very early on in the kind of the new Disney canon. And it's interesting because this is this one's actually supposed to be a part of the Clone Wars, uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, but instead they turned it into a novel, um, which honestly just made me regret them not putting it in Clone Wars. But um, so it followed Asajj Ventress and and uh, Quinlan Vos, uh, who everyone knows who Asajj Ventress is, but she was kind of you know Anakin's kind of rival, and then. Uh, just a rival for Anakin and Obi-Wan going forward. He's a, the apprentice to um, uh, Count Dooku. And um, uh, and Quinlan Voss is a Jedi. And he has the ability to, um, um, I believe he can touch things and he can see their, the memory of uh, the things that he that he touches. I, I believe that's his, his ability, his special kind of Jedi. It's the, uh, the Force Echo, right? Like the same thing yeah. that... Um, that uh... Cal has Cal Kestis and yeah, Fallen Order. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So he has that ability as well. Um, and he, so him and Asajj Ventress. I'm not going to go into too much in in detail. I'm not going to spoil anything. But just generally, so they have a thing um, in in this book. And it. And another thing, I one of the things I very much appreciate and enjoy about this book, and it, it kind of extends into Clone Wars as well. Clone Wars does this fan wonderfully. But they really they they humanize Asajj Ventress so much, like her journey as a person, not just as a Sith. Like this is after she was kind of just left aside by uh, uh, Duke, and she so she's just on her own, and it is it's really touching. It's like sad, you know. It's not like like horribly sad, but it's it's very touching. It's sad. It is. Emotionally gripping, has a lot of action, a lot of really cool like scenes of in, like, uh, of uh, characters you wouldn't have expected to see or hear from. It's really, it's a really, really good book, and I highly recommend it. I, uh, I'm a broken record. Uh, this is another one sitting on my shelf, uh, waiting to be read. Um, I'm looking at the hardcover right now. I know, I know, I know. All right, all right, I get it. <laughs> um, I. Asajj Ventress definitely had, I think, one of the biggest progression in character arcs in the Clone Wars. Went from being, oh. I felt like a one a one note kind of villain and foil for Anakin to this awesome fleshed out character. Yep. Uh, so that is something that I I I kid you not. About once a month, I get the urge to go and start the book, and then I don't. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. One day, I promise. One day. One day. <laughs> uh, for yeah. my number seven. 
I have Dooku Lost Jedi by Kevin Scott, the audio production. Um, I won't lie, as I'm thinking about it, it's not just the story. I think the audio production and the fact that there were different cast members and it really felt like a full-out play or movie, just audio, Mm -hmm. um, definitely adds to the fact that it's it's on this top ten. This is another one. I think you re- a lot of what a lot of what made Count Dooku so awesome at first was the fact that he was Christopher Lee. So I it, sure, yeah. for them to be able to through <laughs> clone wars make him such a such a compelling character and so much more interesting. That's great as we see as we talked about with Ventress and so many other characters. What I loved about Dooku Lost Jedi is that we also see before Phantom Menace, which for me is a draw anytime. The fact that we get to see something before George Lucas's created movies, that's a big draw for me. So Dooku yep. Lost Jedi takes place both in the, well, the present in quotes. It's when uh, she had, Asajj Ventress is digging into his past a little bit um, and he has an assignment for her. Uh, but then we also, it goes back to when he was, both a Padawan being trained by Master Yoda, and then when he uh, when he befriends Master Jedi Sifo Dyas, which you hear about in the Clone Wars in relation to the creation of the Clone Army, and when he takes a Padawan of his own in Qui-Gon Jinn. So all of these different elements that were hinted at in the prequels that were obviously before the movies, we kind of got to see explored here. And I think it's just such a compelling, it's a compelling story. It's a compelling production. I think every, all of the cast did fantastic. Seeing Dooku as a young kid and then seeing him grow up is fantastic. Some of the, I, I don't want to give too much. I almost was about to give something away if anybody wants to try it out. But I just think it's, it's a really cool story. Uh, I think it's made amazing by the audio. It's also in hardcover edition as a script that you can read. But I do suggest if anybody wants to know more about Dooku or know, know more about um, the lead, the lead up to the whole Clone Wars and the Separatist factions and all of that and the creation of the Clone Army um, and why Dooku turned, this is a fantastic story to pick up and definitely try to pick up the audio version if you can. Yeah, I, I highly recommend this one as well. Um, yeah, the audio book is, is wonderful because like you said, it's a whole production. Uh, so it is you get all the different voices and, it, and they're actually different voices. Um, so it's it's really cool. And of course, like all the Star Wars audiobooks, they have all the all the sound effects and all the, the, the you know, high, very high quality production that makes it really feel like you're in the universe. Um, and I'm right there with you. I mean, everything, anything pre Phantom Menace is always just like, OK, I need to know what this is. <laughs> I need to know what's going on. And uh, it's done really well. I love that Sifo Diaz plays such a, such a, such a, uh, he plays such a big role uh, in the book too. I feel like that should be a draw for a lot of people as well, uh, because you don't see him characterized really in, in really almost anything. Um, so so that's really cool. It's really it's really good, and there's a lot of political drama and stuff too. I think it's really good. So I, I do. I also highly recommend that one. Um. For my number six, I have another comic series, and that is Shattered Empire by Greg Rucka. Um, this was the probably the biggest thing to come out of the Journey to the Force Awakens publishing material that, you know, the, the different comics and novels that were published to 
tie into the well, lead up to and tie into the movie. Um, this was our first look from Lucasfilm in the canon version of what things looked like right after the Battle of Endor. Um, and I, this right. is this is another one that I think just it might be the fact that it it holds a lot of nostalgia at this point. Now six years later, seven years later, um, but it gave us this look at each of the big three and the big four: Lando, Han, Leia, and Luke, um, and where they're at at different points. Right after we get the we, it only made sense to me that the Empire didn't just fall overnight. Right, that that it wasn't just oh all of a sudden Palpatine's dead, everything's great, the galaxy is liberated, and I think this this book did a great job of while not necessarily setting up the First Order and really anything in the Force Awakens, a great job at showing us what that what the galaxy looked like right after. Uh, it gave us the introduction to um, a couple characters um, in Kes Dameron and Sharabe, the parents of Poe Dameron. Um, it gave us these little adventures. You saw uh, Leia returning to the home of her mother, Naboo, um, and it, it just does it just does a great job of tying everything together and and moving the story forward in that that area that thirty the beginning of that thirty years that I really wanted to see. It introduces Operation Cinder, um, which was explored greatly explored in a lot of the novels and games at this point. But that was also mentioned, for anyone who's watched The Mandalorian, was also um, mentioned in The Mandalorian. So if, if you ever wanted to know what Operation Cinder was about, this is, I believe, the first appearance of it in current canon. But I may be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, Shamari. I believe you are correct, um, but I'm not certain, honestly. Didn't Now, yeah. did you read Shadowed Empire? I did, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very good. It, I, I I did read it. I also very very highly recommend it. Um, uh, I I think it does. Um, I think it's it's good if you um, if you really want uh, any kind of content between uh, six and seven, but more so after six than pre seven. Though uh, it primarily follows Poe's parents, so uh, you get a lot of that characterization and you see a lot of Poe in them. Which I I very much appreciate, like a lot. I think that's really cool, as someone that likes Poe as a character. Um, so, um, so yeah, it is. I also very much recommend Shattered Empire. It's, I I thought about adding that to to my list or my honorable mentions, but it didn't quite it didn't quite make the cut. But, but I I did think that was very good as well. You wound me. <sighs> <laughs> So you're number six now, and your number six was one of my honorable mentions, so I'm very excited to hear you talk about it. Yeah, so my number six is Catalyst um, uh, by James Lucino. Uh, so I very much enjoyed this book, like a lot. And I knew I'd like it because I like James Lucino's books, but this is a really good book. I mean, it. Uh, I very much enjoyed Rogue One. I think Rogue One is, is my favorite of all the new Star Wars movies that have come out. Um, but this book is such a wonderful lead into that because you get so uh, so much characterization of um, uh, of uh, uh, Galen Erso, of uh, of uh, uh, Krennic, of Orson Krennic, of Jin, and you see how like this thing between Galen and and Krennic kind of how the, this relationship and how everything led to them 
them creating this monster of of a machine that ended up blowing up uh, Alderaan and terrorizing the galaxy. And it's so interesting, and it's so, uh, you know, you see their relationship develop, and it's so, like, you know, Krennic is just such a toxic person. Um, but it's just, um, yeah, it's just, it's really good. It, it's very, very good. There's a lot of characters that show up that you may or may not expect to show up. And, um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. But it, it's fantastic. If you like Rogue One, you will like this book. And you get a lot of characterization and prior knowledge that you do, do not get from the movie that definitely amplifies the intensity and the and just everything in the movie it just makes everything 10 times better see i would go as far as to say that catalyst i think is required reading for rogue one and it and it shouldn't be right it should never be that you right. need to um read anything before going into a movie to fully appreciate the movie but i think a lot of people's complaints were with rogue one were that you didn't feel connected to any of the characters. Um, that's a lot of what I heard coming out of it. Right. And I think a yeah. lot of your enjoyment hinges not just on the other characters like Cassian and Chirrut and Baze um, and Bodhi, but it also hinges on on Krennic, on yep. Galen or so, and on Jyn or so, and that connection there. And I think Catalyst does a great job of showing where it was before this movie and how why it's so tense now. And I think with all of that backstory, I think Rogue One is so much better. And it's still so great. I Well, it's hard for me to look back on it without, you know, as if I hadn't read it. But I think it's just a fantastic way to lead in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. Um, you also get you also get information about Jin's mother as well. She's in the book. It's 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 just really good. It's just a wonderful story. It's very well written. And. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it can, honestly, it kind of is required reading, but, um, you know, it shouldn't. It kind of is, uh, but I still think I just love Rogue One, so I still think the movie's good regardless. Oh yes, um, definitely. But yeah, it just makes it so much better. So why don't you give us both your five and your four, so that we're on our we're on, so that we're yeah somewhere around the same place. Yep. So, uh, my five is from a certain point of view. Um, which is a, is a, I don't know if this is cheating or not. I didn't discuss this with you, but it's it's a collection. It's, it's a collection. Cheater! Of, how dare you? Um, <laughs> it's a collection of a bunch of different short stories that follow the timeline of A New Hope. So from beginning to end, you get a bunch of short stories from the perspective of characters in A New Hope that where you don't get anything told from their perspective and. I didn't know really know how I feel. I didn't honestly didn't even really know what the story was really going into it. I thought, oh, a collection of short stories in a new hope. Okay, sure, I'll see what it is. And I was like, this is so interesting. Seeing getting stories told from the perspective of the of those other random droids uh, in um, uh, that Luke had the <laughs> had the option to pick uh, Luke and um, and. Uh, uh, Luke and uh, Owen and it, and it's like it, all these other just other side characters that you just would have never thought twice about would have just never given given a, a second's thought about and from stories like that to stories like uh, people on the bridge during the during the Death Star run you know stuff like that where it's like wow really you're getting a story told from that perspective like an actual like real story from that perspective and it's really good 
it's it's really good. All of it is good. Some of the stories are funny. Some of them are really touching. Uh, like there's one of, of Obi Wan in on Tatooine. Very touching. Surprising. Did not expect it at all. There's a lot of a lot of stories in this book. You actually are selling me because I this is one that I actually never even considered to pick up. So I, I find oh, myself oh. as someone who wants to take in as much canon as possible. But this is one I just never picked up because. It didn't feel as consequential, but I gotta say, you're selling me now. Oh, oh, it is. It is very... There's a lot of stuff in here where I'm like, what? Like, wow. Stuff that, like, surprised me. I did not expect this to be in the book, but it was. it's really good. It's really good. I'm not gonna spoil anything for you, but it is... It It's really good. I definitely recommend it. I'm actually also currently getting through, once I'm done with the High Republic novel, um, I'm currently getting through the second one that goes through Empire Strikes Back. And that one's also really good. <laughs> and um, uh, I haven't even gotten to the Dagobah stuff yet, which I'm, I'm hoping to get good stuff from that. But it's really good. It's, so I definitely, definitely recommend uh, reading that, getting through that. It's it's It kind of feels a little longer, maybe, than it... Because it, it's a lot of different stories. But it's so good, you got to go through it so quickly. But it's really good. I maybe one day I'll make it through this Star Wars to be red pile. Jeez. <laughs> All right, why don't you give you number four because it's it's something we talked about already. Yeah. Uh, so number four is Kanan the Last Padawan. So we did talk about that one. Um, you know, for all the reasons that you mentioned and I mentioned before, um, anyone that uh, likes stories, and I feel like this is also a good bridge between the prequels and uh, and the originals. If you like either, if you like, um, you know, if you like. If you like the uh, prequels and the story of the Jedi and the Clone Wars, you'll like it. If you like the originals and the story of the Empire and the rise of the Empire, you'll like it. Um, you know, I feel like the, it just has really everything you'd want in a, in a Jedi story. Um, so, yeah, we we recommend it for all the reasons we already mentioned. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so my number five is Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. Uh, this is not the first time you're going to hear Claudia Gray out of my mouth which should tell you something because it's number five. So it should tell you what the, what my four through one look like. Um, <laughs> this is another book set before the Phantom Menace. And like we both said, anything before the Phantom Menace is gimme, 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 gimme. I need to know. Um, this is a story of Qui-Gon Jinn and of Obi-Wan before the Phantom Menace. And it's something, it's a story that isn't completely necessarily consequential or world-changing. Like Dooku Lost Jedi, which really filled in the gaps about, you know, where Dooku came from, the ties to the Republic, the Clone Wars, and the Clone Army, and all of that. Um, this doesn't tie into that. I think this tells a very contained story about this master, Qui-Gon, and this apprentice, Obi-Wan. And I think Claudia Gray, through all of her books, just has a handle on these characters, on all of on Star Wars as a whole, but on these characters. And I think it's just a wonderful exploration of Qui Gon and his and his, um, you know, his belief in prophecy, which you know really spurred uh, that we really saw with Anakin in the Phantom Menace, um, in Obi Wan's distrust. There is it's very interesting because they had a very rocky relationship. Um, at one yeah. point, Qui-Gon thought that, you know, Obi-Wan would no longer be his apprentice, and Obi-Wan thought that Qui-Gon would let him go as a Padawan. And I think that's yeah. a fascinating place to start with, and it adds so much more 
dimension to their relationship in The Phantom Menace. And as you're watching The Phantom Menace after, you can kind of see where a little bit of the tension lies and a little bit of disagreement. And I think that this novel, which takes place a few years before that, does such a great job um, of exploring that relationship. And I loved almost every second of it. Yeah, I mean, I I really agree with everything that you just said. So I I got through this as well. I very much enjoyed this book as well. Um, uh, The only reason it didn't crack my list is just like you said, is the the kind of conflict in the story wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a massive conflict, at least in terms of just the 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 universe and the the galaxy and all that. So I didn't, you know, I didn't. I remember when I was going through the novel, I was like, uh, I don't care too much about this. But I loved all the Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan stuff. Lo- I loved every second of it. Um, and I love that they didn't have that great relationship, and they are so different, and how Claudia Gray uh, really highlights that and highlights how Obi-Wan was struggling with it and Qui-Gon was struggling with everything. And it, it's a lot of characterization of Qui-Gon in general, honestly. That I was like... This is the most Qui Gon I've gotten. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like ever, and I love it. And and it just it, it makes you like Qui Gon. It makes you appreciate Qui Gon so much more because you get so many Jedi who are just kind of, jeez, uh, what's the word? Um, they're just kind of stuck in their ways, you know. And they just, um, you know, it makes you wonder what what would have happened, you know, if Qui Gon was around during all the. All the um, you know the Clone Wars kind of mess, um, but like you know it's good to get someone that's kind of like Qui Gon's kind of like that outsider, you mm-hmm. know. And she really accentuates that. So yeah, I, I thought I thought the book was great as well, and I do recommend that one also. Man, I really hope we get Qui Gon in that Obi Wan series. Oh man, do I hope we do? I feel like we have to. We have I, to. I, it it I just feel- fit and it fits storytelling wise. It wouldn't even be forced. It fits. Yeah, um, I, I feel like we have to. Yeah, we have to. All right, my number four, and it's something that you that was in your honorable mentions, um, but yeah. Alphabet Squadron by Alexander Freed. Um, I think from what you said about Battlefront Twilight Company, you can mm-hmm. kind of see how Alexander Freed really yeah. does a great job of the nitty-gritty Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and so he takes the ground approach that was in Battlefront Twilight Company, and he goes to the skies and space, so to speak, um, with Alphabet Squadron. Um, this takes place a few... How many? I don't know. I don't know the exact placement. I know that it's probably within the first year after the Battle of Endor, after Return of the Jedi. Um, but this is, this is the story of five pilots from all walks of life. Um, Erica Quell, Nath Tenzin, Whale Larkin, um, Kairos, and oh, now, now I'm forgetting, now I'm forgetting the, uh, the B-Wing, and Chastna Chaddock, the, the B-Wing pilot, and each of them are piloting different starships, you have an X-Wing pilot, A-Wing pilot, B-Wing pilot, U-Wing pilot, which really shouldn't work, but it, it's just awesome to see, or to read, um, on the page, and it's just a masterful, Another masterful, masterful um, story done by Alexander Freed in taking all of these different characters and really going into their place in this universe, the state of things, how they're seeing different events that are happening. Um, yeah. It's just so well done. It's like a, a military book, like like you said with Battlefront, but like the Air Force. Mm-hmm. 
I yeah. just loved every second of it. I ate this this quite a big story, but I ate it up. Um, and I think it's a fantastic start to the trilogy. Now, I didn't love the second one, but that's not. Don't let that deter you from how good this book is. And this shouldn't matter, but that cover is gorgeous. Oh, it's it so, is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not that this should matter, really, in terms of our ranking, but like I, <laughs> I look at it on my shelf and I go, "Dang, that's nice." Um. So yeah, Alphabet Squadron is phenomenal, and I really do suggest it for again anyone who wants to know anything after Return of the Jedi, because it does a really good job of tying into other canon novels while also giving you a standalone story about these pilots and. And they're all so distinct, and their personalities are so distinct. It was just an absolute joy to read. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that book is wonderful. Um, uh, you also get some appearances from characters that uh, that ex- exist in the universe. That I was like, oh, yeah. they're in the. That oh, makes it sense. was so nice, <laughs> and it does. It all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it all makes sense, and it is it. It works really well, and like you said, it's kind of that war element. Like, if you're into that stuff, if you're into the starfighter, you know, pilots and the battles and the, you know, the the drama of being, um, you know, uh, being a, a rebel pilot and of um, of Erica Quell, who's who who is a, um, a defector, uh, and you get a lot of drama with regards to that. Uh, so it's it's really good. It's just it's very very well told, um, and like you said, you should de- you should absolutely check out Twilight Company because there's a lot of that same kind of military, uh, you know, drama and but also a lot of action and stuff. Um, but yeah, he's he's he has that genre like just completely. He just has that genre completely down. Yeah, I gotta get to, I gotta get to Twilight Company. I will, especially since I loved Alphabet Squadron so much, and then even as much as. I didn't, and we haven't talked about this, and maybe we'll. I didn't love Shadowfall. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I like Shadowfall, uh, but not quite as much as the first one. Yeah, I didn't like it as much as the first one. I think the first half is really good, and I don't love the second half. But that's a conversation for another day. But even with that, I think he has such a handle. Even then, the writing is fantastic, and he has a handle on on these characters and on the, the war part of Star Wars. Um, so I definitely have to make my way through Twilight Company. Um, so... Uh, from here on out, I think we can kind of go your three, my three, your two, my two, and then your your number one, my number one. Uh, so we'll go back and forth. So your number three. All right. All right so we're in the top three. So so my number three is Thrawn uh, by Timothy Zahn. So it's the first of his his new Thrawn trilogy, um, uh, which I think the whole trilogy is good. I think uh, personally, I think they progressively get slightly worse. Um, as you go as you go along, but I recommend all three of them. Uh, but the first Thrawn book is fantastic. So as you can see, I put it above a whole lot of other wonderful books uh, in the Star Wars, in the new canon of Star Wars. Um, and I feel like this is Timothy Zahn in his element, writing Thrawn as Thrawn, and it is wonderful. You see Thrawn uh, as he's picked up, um, you know, He's kind of just seen as a vagabond. He's just like, what, who, what is this thing? And, you know, the Empire, they, they bring him in. He's, they don't know what he is. And he ends up, um, you know, just rising through the ranks. And you see him rising through the ranks, through these military battles. And, you know, him doing what he does, you know, with his artwork and all that. 
and 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 you see him um, take on this um, you know person who's just a, a shipping you know supply uh, guy Eli Vanto and he just takes him under his wing and he's like the Watson to his uh, his Sherlock Holmes and you see them both just grow throughout this whole book you know to the point where he's like the emperor's the Thrawn is the emperor's guy he's the emperor's like like his tool but Thrawn knows that and it's like who's using who is he using the emperor and the empire to keep them away from the ascendancy or to, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing but it is a wonderful book and um you see you also see some characters from uh, uh the other one from uh, rebels uh come up uh like uh jeez uh, uh what's her name um i forget the the uh the person who was um who was working under him the governor oh governor price yeah governor price uh plays a role in the novel it so it's wonderful it's it's a wonderful wonderful novel uh if you like thrawn at all if you read any of the non-canon books or if you saw him in rebels and you thought you were intrigued by his character definitely check out this book they also did a comic i think that I believe that follows the same events of the book uh so either one you know either way i, I know the artwork for the comic is fantastic i haven't read it um but it's i believe it's the same story but you should definitely pick it up it's fantastic the comic's actually my only um, foray into this story. So I read the I read the comic mm-hmm. adaptation, but I had not read the novel. Okay. Um, but everything I've heard is that this is Timothy Zahn in his element. Oh yeah. Um, doing what he writing about what he knows best, and that is Thrawn. Um, I have to. I I've I was reticent. That's another one I was reticent to make my way through. I do. I did love his portrayal in Rebels. Um, and that is my first introduction to him because I hadn't read the. Um, the non-canon novels, um, mm-hmm. uh, but I got to work my way through that. Have you have you read Thrawn Ascendancy yet? I have. Uh, yeah, I read Thrawn um, Ascendancy. Uh, that one is also very good. Um, I like that one. Um, I think that might be my second favorite Thrawn novel. I think Ooh. I like that one more than more than um, the other two, the the sequels to the first Thrawn book. That one, Thrawn Ascendancy, is, is wonderful, and it, it it has very little to nothing to do with <laughs> with anything regarding the Skywalker saga, and it's still a fantastic book. Uh, so I it it's it's really is it really is a Thrawn book. Like it says Star Wars, but it's it's a Thrawn book. Um, so yeah, it's really good. At this point, that seems to be a genre in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, right. Like this within point. the Star Wars universe, which is great. Like that's fantastic, and there are so many more. Um, and you know, we have the two other books in that in that trilogy to come. So, um, I got I got to pick that up. Um, my number three uh, is Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. Uh, the recent, not the most recent, ongoing, the one before this, the recent Darth Vader comic run by once again Charles Soule. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't want to go too much into this right now. I'm, well, now now I'm going to sound like I'm spoiling your list. Uh, but we will we will talk about this in a little bit, so I won't go too into it much right now. But this is just phenomenal. I think this is top-notch storytelling, top, top-notch Star Wars storytelling. Charles Soule once again proves he understands Star Wars um, as much as any writer working in that universe right now. Um, and this is just such an exciting story that lays 
kind of laid the groundwork for so many different things in the universe and so many things you didn't I didn't know I wanted to see were in this book and this comic and this was fantastic but I, I will talk about that in 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 a little bit uh your number two sir oh yeah um so my number two is uh, lords of the sith um by paul s kemp uh which i believe you had this in your honorable mentions if i I'm did not i did yes uh so lords of the sith is my number two i love this book um uh so you know so to be fair it doesn't in terms of the story itself it doesn't involve anything massive in terms of the conflict the scale of the conflict um uh within the book and in in uh when it looked at from this from the uh, lens of you know how does this affect the movies but uh it is a wonderful character study of vader and the emperor and and their relationship and their uh, uh vulnerability or a lack thereof <laughs> in terms of just how powerful they are. Um, and it's just everything I would have wanted from from a Vader slash the Emperor comic book. Just seeing them. Uh, you also have Cham Syndulla and uh, his uh, rebel, you know, his rebel fighters of people, resistance uh, people who are, who are uh, you know, following him. The other Twi'lek who are, who are uh, trying to liberate... Um, uh, trying to liberate their world and and they end up you know actually getting vader and the emperor uh into a very vulnerable position on a planet where they're it's just them there's no one else it's just them and you know they're at this point they're just trying not to die and it's it's wonderful seeing them do that <laughs> and, and it's so good it's so good it's it's just just the action there's a lot of action and there's a lot of just characterization uh in the book as well and it is i just yeah it's, it's just everything i would i would have wanted <laughs> from a vader and the emperor story uh so yeah that's why it's my number two i got i gotta say this was i one of the reasons i liked this so much was kind of the reason that you said that it really put the emperor and vader in a vulnerable position like a position of, they were never powerless. That was never going to happen. But almost on the losing side for a second, um, right. which we just never get to see. So that was great, and I think it's another one that before the Darth Vader comic really went into that relationship between the two of them that we didn't get to see much in the movies. Um, yep. And yeah, to then see those connections like with Sham Syndulla and the Resistance on Ryloth. Um, and to see the hints with the other connections to the rest of the universe was fantastic. Can can we also just give a shout out to uh, to Jonathan Davis who does the audiobook? Because this is one of the audiobooks that I did, oh, yeah. and that man can do a Palpatine and a Vader like nobody else. Oh oh my God yeah he oh it's it's fantastic. Him and he him and Mark Thompson. Yeah, oh yeah, the two of them are just fun- <laughs> they're such great narrators, man. Yep. Oh. Yeah yeah they're they're amazing. That's an, that's another one I, I well I suggest all of the audiobooks as they're always so great um, to listen to and all the sound effects and the music and everything is in there so it's just a great listening experience but this is another one where it's just Jonathan Davis absolutely nails it um, so I would definitely suggest Lords of the Sith I definitely enjoyed this one also um, my number two your number ten but my number two is Lost Stars 
by Claudia Gray. Right. Uh, we went we went into this, um, and and you went into this before. Uh, Claudia Gray again, like I said before, has such a handle on the Star Wars universe. She's up there with Charles Soule in terms of my favorite writers, probably. I think she would be number one and Charles Soule is number two um, in terms of Star Wars writers. Lost Stars is a book that spans from pretty much the... It spans the entire original trilogy. Yeah. Um, so starts there. And it actually... It, it leads into The Force Awakens. Or not... I'm sorry. It doesn't lead into The Force Awakens, but it, it does give a hint to something that happened yeah. in the that is also hinted at in The Force Awakens. So The Battle of Jakku. I don't know why I'm dancing around the subject. Um, that movie came out six years ago. Uh, it, hint, it, it shows us The Battle of Jakku slightly. Um, for In a lot of ways, this book represents one of the things that I have... that I've kind of critiqued Lucasfilm for, that, in that it... sticking too much with the original trilogy and playing things safe. Um, and, and really staying in that time era. And it does it almost to a T because it's literally the span of the original trilogy. Um, but what right. I love about it is how, how deep it is, how, how, how person-centered it is, and how much depth Claudia Gray brings to these characters on both sides. And you really get to see both sides of the conflict and how this conflict is affecting so many different people. What the destruction of Alderaan meant to the to the rebellion and to the and to the empire, to the people working on it, not the everyday people, not the not just the higher-ups that feel justified. And then the destruction of the Death Star. That was one of the first times I went and said, "You know what? There were like a million people in the Death Star also." You know, the people right. working for the empire are like, "No, these are terrorists and they just killed all my friends." And the book does such a good job of painting that and then painting our two protagonists that are that are in love. And yes, this is a romance novel, but again, it's a romance novel, a young adult novel at that. That's just done so well. And in the past, I've been reticent to go fully into the young adult novel. I've I've been unfairly harsh towards that. And that's and I, I own up to that. But it's done so well here. And it and these two point of views that do change a lot through the book, like their their perspectives change throughout the book, and they they really evolve. It's just such great storytelling, and I love this book so much. It's one of the first books I've read from canon, because um, that was part of the whole journey to the Force Awakens thing, and it's still obviously my number two, one of my favorites. So I I could gush, and I think that's actually a book that a lot of people gush about when they talk about their favorite Star Wars books. So I know I'm not alone yeah. with this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this book, I mean, I talked about it already before, um, but I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, it goes through the entire original trilogy um, and it tells it, it, it shows the the original trilogy from a perspective that you uh, that you just have never seen before. And you really you see people grow. And I think is you see people like grow through this this event. You know, because time goes by through the original trilogy. So you see, you see these people grow into like young adults and you see them become more and more kind of like, like solidified in their, in their ideologies while also keeping their relationship or try or, you know, I guess trying in, in a way to keep their relationship. And it's just, it is, it's, like I guess it has that touching element to it, but it's also just crazy seeing the galaxy in that kind of ways. It's really, really well done. Oh yeah, I'll suggest it to every Star Wars fan. 
And anyone just getting into Star Wars, I think it's a great way to in to introduce yourself to the galaxy, to the events that you probably know if you've watched the movies, but then to also kind of introduce you to canon outside of the movies. So I think this is a great place to start. Um, okay, all right, drum roll, please. We are right. down to our top choices. This is our. These are our number one choices for the best canon stories um, in the Star Wars universe. Shamari, what's your number one? All right, so my number one is uh, your number, is your number three, I believe. Uh, Darth Vader, uh, Dark Lords of the Sith by Charles Soule. Um, this is the best Star Wars content. And I will say, I will tell this to anybody. This is the best Star Wars content uh that we've gotten i think post uh besides possibly uh the mandalorian and in the clone war season seven um because that was also particularly the last four episodes of, of season seven but this is fantastic this is this is like this is like you said it really shows that charles soul understands star wars he understands you know what people want to see and this is it kind of gets at the really really the heart and soul of star wars because it really it's a tragic story and you see darth vader go through it takes place right after revenge of the sith it picks up right at the end of revenge of the sith and with the emperor telling him to hunt down you know and you see their relationship his relationship with the emperor and how terrible it is <laughs> the emperor is practically torturing the guy but you, he tells him to go hunt down he's hunting down the re remaining jedi and he gets into all these crazy fights as well. And he has the Inquisitors with him. And, you know, he has some really emotional points as well uh, in the in the book. Especially, particularly the, the last, the last um, you know, issue. Of course, I'm not going to spoil anything. But but it's, it's so well written. And it really, like, if you want to understand Darth Vader, like, read this book. Or read this, this, ish, this series of comics. It's incredible. It, it really is. If anyone that, that likes Darth Vader needs to read these comics. So, yeah, this is this is my number one. And it really didn't take long for me to come to that conclusion. And there are a lot of great comics and books. Uh, but this, when I finished reading this, I was, I was just amazed. I was amazed at how well done it was. Um, so, yeah, this is easily my number one. And I'll, really all Star Wars, Star Wars fans should at least check it out. This is a book that I, I binged when it was finished. So I, I waited until the whole thing was out and I went through all 24 issues and it is, it's phenomenal. It's amazing. It's some of the best Star Wars content that, yes, we have gotten since um, Lucasfilm uh, was purchased by Disney. That is including the movies and the TV shows. It's up there yep. with that those last, those last four episodes of Clone Wars. Um, it's up there, I think, with the best of the Mandalorian in terms of story, Star Wars storytelling. Yeah. Um, yeah, it picks up right after, right, right at the end of, of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. It picks up right there, and I think that's such a great place for Charles Soule to start with, to really get us into that headspace where he's at, what this relationship is like with Palpatine, and to go from there to, to see... Uh, Jocasta knew the Jedi librarian. There are just so many different things that I didn't yeah. think we were oh going to get, um, to the exploration of Vader's castle that we see in yep. Rogue One. There's, mm -hmm. it's a feast. It really is a feast of content in terms of 
in characters that we we know we love that we have that we that we had seen and, and things that we never thought we'd see and connections you didn't think that they wouldn't necessarily make i this is this is one that it's not at my top two because I, those you know you, my those other stories just hold a very special place in my heart mm-hmm. but without a doubt dark lord of the sith is so good and i think it's another one that you just recommend to anybody even just regular fans of star wars not canon fans because um the the Darth Vader story itself, not just its connections, it's the the kind of exploration, the character exploration we get for him is it's phenomenal. It's so deep and and yeah. insightful it's, and heartbreaking, so... um, and everything. This this can this comic had me like angry and then sad, um, and then heartbroken <laughs> right. a little bit, right? Because he's painted as both this menacing figure. Which we got in the original trilogy, which which is what we all love out of Darth Vader, like we got at the end of Rogue One, um, like you said in Twilight Company. But then at the same time, this tragic, flawed figure that is Anakin Skywalker, and it does a great job of painting both sides, of portraying both sides of that. Um, so I'm I'm 100% in support of your number one. Completely. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, like I said, it really wasn't. It really wasn't much of a choice for me, but, um, but yeah, that's that's definitely my number one easy. All right, and now my number one is surprise, surprise, another Claudia Gray novel, Bloodline. Um, yep. Bloodline by Claudia Gray. This takes place about five or six years before The Force Awakens. Um, and this is just another example of Claudia Gray completely in her element. Um, she, this is a, this is for all intents and purposes, a political novel. And mm-hmm. yeah. I was enraptured. I was so engaged in something I wouldn't really think I would love so much, but I did. From the characterization of Leia to the politics behind the centrists and the populists, which mm-hmm. then shows the seeds for the First Order. There's so much in this book to love. Um, I, I don't even know where to start with it. I just think it's so good. Um, we see Leia as as somebody makes a push for her and starts putting her in the limelight as she should be the next Chancellor um, of the New Republic. Um, and we see the politics behind it, which is something that I think Star Wars in the movies hasn't really done well. But I think in when they exp- when they do it in the novel and the comics, it's so ripe for storytelling, and it's something I always want to see. Um, and the, we didn't get a lot of politics in the se- we didn't get any politics in the sequel trilogy, which is something I really wanted to know after the Hosnian oh, system yeah. is blown up in the Force Awakens. After you know, with the New Republic in disarray, we didn't even know what the New Republic was like. We had no insight yeah. into it, how the government worked. So this was something I was clamoring for. And in the lead-up to The Last Jedi, they gave us that in a Leia-centric story that is perfect. I think Claudia Gray's handle on Leia, Leia is at this point in her life where she is pretty much seasoned. She's no longer fighting, but she is willing to obviously um, go to action. Um, We see her dealing with these political factions, the populists, the centrists, um, and it's just so good. It's just so good. I was I was blown away. We see a Leia that's that's also coming to grips, who still is affected by how Darth Vader, her father, treated her. So we're getting PTSD in this book, um, because she still can't get past some of the torture 
that that yep. she suffered at the hands that you saw that that was hinted at in A New Hope, that that obviously had a great yep. impact that wasn't explored before. So we get that on the Leia side. We get it coming out that she was Darth Vader's daughter, which was never explored before. Had that I had never considered. Um, in terms of, wow, yeah, what if that came out that she had tried to keep secret so long? So that's awesome. We get hints at where Luke is with Ben Solo, um, and they're traveling around, and he's training. So all in all, this is just another, I think, masterclass in Star Wars storytelling by Claudia Gray. Um, And I'm kind of jumping all over the place because there's just so much to love with this one for me. But... um, yeah, that this is my number one, and I it kind of beat out Lost Stars once I read it. I was like, wow, no, this, this is my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't really argue with anything that you said. Um, I mean, it's a really really well done book. I mean, really, all of Claudia Gray's novels are are really well done. Um, but yeah, this is definitely um, this is definitely one of her best one of her best novels. The political. The political drama in the book is just, it's really, um, like, it's, its like you said, it, it's something that you would have wanted in the sequel trilogy, so, or at least, you know, hinted at, you know, in this, towards, in the sequel trilogy, somewhere in the movies where they talk about something with regards to the New Republic and the state of the galaxy at large and what's going on with the First Order, etc., but yeah, they do a fantastic job of, of leading into okay the hints of the of the uh, first order, and I like that you get like the the centrist, and some of them have like imperial stuff like in their offices and stuff like yep. stuff where it's just like why like this is just wrong. But you can see something like that happening, and I think that's so like you know it's just so it's just really well done how she puts stuff like that in the book, and to kind of show how like a society can like devolve and stuff like that it's it's re- it was really well done um yeah this i believe this was in my honorable mentions but yeah it didn't crack my top 10 there was just there were some stuff like i think like the third the first like third of the book there was a lot of stuff with this guy rin riven die and 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 uh stuff with him and it's i don't know who he was he was like some kind of pirate or something like that and uh, that was a thing. I remember that being a, like a significant thing that was mentioned a lot in the beginning. I was just like, I, I just didn't care about that. No, yeah, so, I can see how it pulls you out of the story. Yeah. So I was like, ah, uh, okay, you know. So I, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a big fan of that. So I think that kind of dragged it down a little bit. Um, but uh, I did very much enjoy everything that everything that you mentioned about it. All the twists and turns with regards to Leia and her relationship with her father, and her, her and Han's relationship, and her and Han's relationship with Ben. And all of that is just re- very, very well done. There's a lot of twists and and, and surprises, um, you know, even things contained within the characters in the story that you wouldn't have seen coming. So it's really good. It's, it's a very good book, and I can definitely see how it could be your number one. Claudia Gray needs to continue writing Star Wars forever, I really hope. And I'm so excited for Into the Dark, which releases next week, oh, which is yeah. her High Republic oh, novel. Um, so so the, she... Not to plug her some more, but she needs. I she's great, and if you read anything Star Wars, please read Claudia Gray stuff. Um, yeah. But Shamari, that is our top ten, dude. That was that was. We have had a chance to talk about some of this stuff in passing, but I don't think we've really been able to sit down for our full thoughts on all of these yeah. titles. <laughs> 
yeah, we haven't we you know never really had this this kind of a long discussion about it. So, uh, so yeah, I didn't. There's a lot of stuff that you got to get to in terms of um, in terms of books and stuff that you gotta that you have to uh, that you have to check out. There's a lot of things that I haven't gotten to as well. Though not, I don't think any of it was not on your list, which I think is uh, good. Don't 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 be modest. Don't be modest. You're trying to you're telling me I need to start reading, and they're like, "Oh no, no, you know, but I have stuff. To, I got it. No, no, get out of here. Nice try. <laughs> nice try. I know I have a lot to get to. I I will work my way through it. I think I, after I read Into the Dark um, next week, I'll definitely start making my way through. Um, Dark Disciple will probably be first. Um, yeah, Dark Disciple. Yeah, you definitely won't be disappointed by that at all. It's all right. it's it's really good. And I'll, it, we should try to get one of these at some point. Maybe not, you know, next show or anything. We should try to get at least one of these authors on the show at some point, or at least reach out and see, uh, because I feel like that would be super insightful. Oh, that would be amazing. I would. Yes, we. I'm definitely gonna try for it. I definitely think we should try for it because that that would be. Um, it would make for a great show. First off, and then two to be able to talk about these stories, which we love, uh, would be fantastic. Um, so that wraps up our top ten and our show for today. Um, Shamari, thank you for doing this, man. I'm so glad we were able to go through this top ten. Absolutely, I'm glad to be here, and I look forward to us having more discussions about uh, about these novels and all the novels we're going to be getting uh, in the future as well. Yeah, I the, the publishing side. No, no matter where you think the movies are at, the publishing side has has kind of really knocked it out of the park. So yeah. I think there's it's such a rich universe, and there's so many good stories to pick from, um, if you want to. Um, so hopefully those listening, if you are hesitant, if you haven't jumped into some of these books, um, please do. They are fantastic. Hopefully you were able to take something away from today's episode. Um, hopefully. We are able to motivate you to get into one of these books and you're able to find your next Star Wars favorites. That'd be fantastic. Um, if you would like to, if you would like the full plug at the end of the first episode, but Shamari is over on, has another, is part of another podcast network, New Generation um, Podcast Network. Uh, Shamari, why don't you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so I have, um, I have a, uh, a Star Wars show actually also. So I, I do work at the, um, all right, uh, the New Generation Podcast Network. So me and my brothers have our own podcast network. Where we, we create um, all kinds of different uh, content. So we have sports content. We have uh, superhero content if you're into superheroes and comic books. And we have uh, Star Wars content. So I have a show as well. Um, so it's called New Generation Podcast Network. That's NU Generation Podcast Network. You can search it really on any any uh, platform where you can where you can listen to podcasts. Um, and you were also on YouTube at New Generation Media, um, and uh, yeah, you can look up our show. My our shows, uh, my show is called The Imperial Broadcast. If you want to check that out, uh, by all means, Zach has been on on my show a few times as well. I'm probably gonna have him on uh, much more going forward as well. Um, so yeah, please by all means look me up, uh, and uh, you know hit me up on all my social medias. Uh, if you search at it, uh, MC Sham 22 Instagram, Snapchat, you can find me there, and uh, you can reach out to me directly also. Uh, okay, the, thank you, Shamari, I definitely suggest everybody go, um, listen to his stuff, uh, that, the entire podcast network is great, not just the Star Wars content, um, so definitely a big thumbs oh, up there. You. Um, that has been our show, if you liked what you hear, today was a very long episode, but if you liked what you hear, you can find us on any platform that you would be listening to podcasts, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, 
um, Google Podcasts. Um, if you like what you hear, like, subscribe, follow, however you get it. It means the world to us um, and keeps us motivated going. Not that we need so much motivation to talk about Star Wars, um, but it's always nice to, to feel the love. Um, that is our show today, and we will see you next time.